Blog Talk Radio. There it is right there. And I want to share this with you because this paragraph, it was, I was instructed to look at that shortly after I started to read the book. And it was the start of changing everything. Now, you can't read that from here, so we'll blow it up. Hill says there's a difference between wishing for a thing and being ready to receive it. No one is ready for a thing until they believe that they can acquire it. That's not an easy thing to do. He said the state of mind must be belief and not mere hope or wish. Now, the last two lines are critical. Open-mindedness is essential to belief. Closed minds will not inspire faith, courage, or belief. There's the key. You, if you want to be ready for the success that you dream about, that Blaine had you playing with mentally, physically, if you're ready, then you believe. And if you don't believe, you're not ready. It's that simple. Now, this is the sad truth. Most people, it's hope and wish. I've got to hope this thing happens. If I go there, I wonder if it'll happen. You've got to decide it's going to happen. It's got to be a decision you make. And it's got to be an irrevocable decision. It's not, it's not conditional on anything. This is exactly the way it's going to be done. You see, when you believe, everything else goes out the door. Now, how do you believe? Well, I talked about that earlier. Our belief system is based upon our evaluation of something. And frequently, if we reevaluate a situation, our belief about that situation will change. When Val said that to me, it was like bells going off in my head. I realized then how and why I had changed. I had been searching for nine and a half years. The change had taken place. My life had changed dramatically, but I had no idea why it had changed. People say, how did you do that? And I said, well, I don't know. I just do it. I have talked to all kinds of Olympians. I had a very good friend of mine, Mill Campbell, who's gone now, God bless him, but he was a gold medal decathlon winner. That means that on that day, he was the greatest athlete in the world. That's huge. And I remember him telling me, if he told me once, he told me a thousand times. He wanted down in Melbourne at, at the Olympics in Melbourne. And, uh, and he, uh, he said that he and Rayford Johnson were running around the uh, area that they had built for the Olympians. And Rayford said to him, what do you think is going to happen, Milt? And Milt said, I told him, I said, Rayford, you've wasted your time coming here. This is mine. Now, prior to that, that was in 1956. In 1952, he had gone to Helsinki. He watched Bob Mathias as a kid when he was 13. And he watched Mathias, who became a congressman out here at one time. Um, he went to London, and he became the greatest athlete in the world in 1948. And Milt saw that as a young boy. And he made up his mind, he was on the back of a Wheaties box, that he was going to do that. At 13, he said, I am going to win the decathlon. 
His grandmother was raising him. He lived in Jersey. But he made up his mind he was going to win it. And four years later, he was in Helsinki, and he stood on the second step. Matthias wanted another gold. Matthias won the gold again. And Milt said, when I was standing on the second step, I made a commitment to myself. I was coming back in four years, and I was going to win the gold. Now, think of what he had to do. He had to train every day for the next four years. This is not lightweight stuff. And this is the real deal. I was running a meeting in... Where the hell was I? I was here. I had just got in my room. I hadn't even opened my bag. And the phone rang in my room. And I picked it up and it was Milt. And... He, I said, you know, I started talking. He said, where are you? And I said, I'm in L.A. He said, I'm in L.A. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm here visiting with Bob Mathias. I said, really? I said, God, I'd love to meet him. And I said, why don't you bring him down? Why don't you come to lunch tomorrow? Bring him down. I'll have lunch with you guys. So he said, just a minute. He was gone for a minute. And he came back. He said, okay, Bob said he'd come. And so I was running a seminar for Prudential. This was quite a long time ago. Well, these two big guys come in. And they sat down in the back of the room. And I knew who they were. I knew who Bill was. I didn't know who Bob was, but I knew who, I knew who was with him. And so um, they ducked out, and we had lunch, and we came back in. And uh, they said, yeah, you can go ahead. So I told a story. I told a story about a young guy who was 13, that saw another guy win a gold medal in the decathlon. And he made up his mind he was going to do that. Now, he was living with his grandma. He was in New Jersey. The temperature's not very nice in New Jersey a good part of the year. And he said, he remember, he was upstairs, and he'd be saying, I am the greatest athlete in the world. And one day his grandma said, Milt, this may not be for us. He said, Grandma, we're not doing it. I'm doing it. Now, I want you to compare the difference. He went back, he went in 52 to Helsinki, and he won the silver. But he said, I'm going back in four years. He had to figure out how he could do it. He didn't have the money to hire a trainer. His family didn't have any money. So he got an idea. See, when you fall in love with the idea... The way will be shown. You've got to believe that. can't wish. Wishing and hoping doesn't cut it. If you're going to be ready, you've got to believe it. You've really got to believe it. He got the idea. He went to the government. He said, I'll join the service if you send me to Southern California and you permit me to train. I'll run under your banner. They cut a deal. They sent him down here. He had great trainers. He was in favorable weather. And he did that for four years. They paid him while he was learning. He didn't have enough money otherwise. And he went and he won the gold. And then I told him, I said, now the other guy, Milt's black. 
Matthias was white. Matthias was raised in Southern California. His dad was a doctor. They had all kinds of money, comparatively speaking. He was hiring the best, best trainers in the world. He could train all year long. Their situations were so far apart, they were almost polar opposites on the surface. But they both did the same thing because they both held the same image. And then I introduced them, and I brought well, the guys went nuts. The people in the audience, they did this. And I got them both to come up and talk about it. I've seen these things happen. I've worked with these people. I understand it. And I remember Milt was always saying, Milt had a key to my house. He's gone now, God bless him. But he had to keep my house. When he came to Toronto, he would just, it wouldn't matter if we were home or not. He could go and stay there. We were just great friends for a long, long time. But I remember he kept saying to me, he said, you know, I, I just, he, he, he couldn't get over this. He said, there was all kinds of guys in school that were better, better athletes than me, but they quit. <laughs> he said, you can't win if you quit. There is no quitting. That's got to be a commitment. And it's not going to be easy. Sandy's going to run you through here into something in a few minutes called the terror barrier. It gets to the point where you're damn good and scared. Yet gets to the point where the outside starts to take control of the inside and you swear to God you're going to lose if you keep going. But you've got to keep going.
It ain't like stepping on ants, Jake. Takes a man to kill. Are you man enough to kill, Jake? Hit me right there. Get me, Jack. Get me. Hit me. Hit me. You can't do it. Somebody drop this fool for me. You got us twisted, homie. We gotta put your own work in around here. Uh, it's like that, Bone? It's like that. Player to player, pimp to pimp. I'm bleed, you shoot me, nigga. Don't do it. Don't do it. Now I'm bleed, he got it in the chain. I'm gonna get that gun, and then I'm gonna get that money. And you ain't gonna do a damn thing, because you ain't gonna shoot no cop in the back, are you? Don't do it. You know what they give you for that? The gas chamber. You know what the gas chamber smells like? Pine oil. That's where you headed, boy. To pine oil heaven. I'm gonna get that gun, and then I'm gonna get that money. I don't believe you got it in you, Jake. I'm gonna go get it right now. The next one will kill you. Oh, son of a bitch. You shot me in the ass. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay. Okay. All right, look. Wait, Jake, I need the money. Give me the money, Jake. Give me the money, please, Jake. Give me that money! It's not gonna happen. Well, you, you gonna jack me now? You gonna take my own money from me, huh? I told you, that's my evidence. You wanna go to jail, you wanna go home. I wanna go home, Jake. Give me the money and let me go home. Yeah, yeah. You want to go home? Yeah, let me go home, Jake. Come on, give me the money and let me go home. Give me the money and let me go home. Let me go home, Jake. That's right. Come on, Jake. You don't deserve this. Okay, you motherfucker. Jake, go ahead and bounce on me. Get up out of here. We got your back. What? Like that. Oh, no, you didn't. Wait a minute. No, you didn't. Hey, hey, Jay! Hey! Jay! 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 Come back here! Jay! You disloyal, fool-ass, bitch-made punk. Jay! I need my money! Oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm putting cases on all you bitches. Huh? You think you can do this shit? Jay! You think you can do this to me? You motherfuckers will be playing basketball in Pelican Bay when I get finished with you. Shoe program, nigga. 23-hour lockdown. I'm the man up in this piece. You'll never see the light of day. Who the fuck you think you fucking with? I'm the police. I run shit here. You just live here. Yeah, that's right. You better walk away. 
Go and walk away, because I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Don't even think about changing the station. You're listening to The Bottom Line with your host, Joey L. I said the saviors are crucified. Go with me here, because some of you have seen this before. Some of you haven't. And now I'm getting to the proof part. You don't even have to look this up. You can go outside and look at it. Okay? Let's get to the proof part. The sun gods are crucified. And don't mistake the fact that Jesus is represented. I am not talking about this sun. Can you see that? I'm talking about this. I'm about to prove you that Jesus Christ, God bless him, is a continuation of ancient sun god worship. I'm not going to tell you to look it up. I'm going to prove it to you. Okay? I'm going to establish Jesus Christ as the sun in the sky. S-U-N. Okay? Here we go. First of all, the name of the Egyptian sun god is Amen Ra. Did you know that when you go to church and say amen at the end of your prayers, you are paying homage to the Egyptian sun god? You are. Your preacher should tell you that. Why don't you say all hail to the Egyptian sun god and whose name we pray instead of saying amen? That's his name. Now, with me, go to page 1004 in the Bible, Revelation 3, verse 14. Revelation 3, verse 14. And Jesus Christ says, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, these things say the amen. Jesus Christ calls himself the amen, which is the name of the Egyptian sun god. One for me. <laughs> okay? Let's go. Let's just try another one. Matthew 9, page 784. Matthew 9, page 784. You know, what's the sense of just saying amen without knowing what it means? It doesn't mean the prayer is over. It's the name of the Egyptian sun god. I mean, if you managed to say the prayer, why did they, I wonder, why did they use the name of the Egyptian sun god to say the prayer is over? Yeah, they think it means something else. You can make it mean anything you want it to mean. It does. So you could say, I believe it means so be it. So what you've taken the name of the Egyptian sun god and said, I believe it means so be it. The point is, you could use so be it. You could find a word that says that's the end. You didn't. You used the name of the Egyptian sun god. Amen, rock. Now, there's a good question. There's nothing wrong with that. See, that's why I like it in here. Because people can ask. And they can say, you're full of baloney. I say, well, maybe you're right. Look it up. But you don't sit like a bump in a log and sing, what a wretch are you, amazing grace. You say, get up and say, let's, let's talk about it. Let's go look about it. Let's look it up. Okay. Now, where are you? On page 784, Matthew, cha- Matthew chapter 9, Matthew chapter 9, page 784. I'm going to give you another inference that Jesus is the sun god, okay? Matthew 9, verse 15. Okay, here's Jesus talking. Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? 
he had just referred to himself as the bridegroom. Okay? Jesus has referred to himself as the bridegroom. Go with me to page 471. The book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 19. Psalm chapter 19. This is interesting. Jesus refers to himself as the bridegroom. In Psalm chapter 19, verse 4, the line has gone out through all the earth and there was to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a what? Bridegroom coming out of the chamber. The Bible said, and the ancients referred to the sun in the sky as the bridegroom. Jesus has called himself by the name of the Egyptian sun god, amen. He just referred to himself as the bridegroom. That's two. Three. Two and one is three. Oh. Now, let's go. Are you ready for this? Now, for those of you who have not been here before, let me show you proof of what I'm saying right now. You cannot question this, and I'll tell you why you can't question it, because it's an astronomical, universal fact of the cosmos. There's nothing you can do to change. You ready for it? Here we go. On December the 21st, which is very close to now, the sun in the sky goes through the constellation Crooks, which is called the Cross. It happens on December the 21st. It doesn't make any difference whether you believe it or not. It doesn't make any difference whether the pastor believes it. On December the 21st, the sun is crucified. And I'll tell you something else. It's the shortest day of the year. It's the darkest day of the year. It's December the 21st. Okay? Now, you ready for the next one? On December the 22nd, December the 23rd, and December the 24th, the sun is entombed in the bowels of the earth three days and three nights. It's called the winter solstice. The sun is crucified and is entombed three days and three nights, December the 22nd, December the 23rd, and December the 24th, and it's called the winter solstice. On December the 25th, December the 25th, the day that we call the birth of God's son, Christmas, the sun, by the trajectory of the earth, is born, literally born, and begins its upward arc out of the bowels of the earth on December the 25th. Here you have it. The sun is crucified on December the 21st, which is the shortest day of the year. It is entombed in the bowels of the earth during the winter solstice of December 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. And on December the 25th, the sun is born again. Now, 30 years after he's born, Jesus has entered into the water man of John the Baptist. 30 days after the sun is born on December the 25th, it enters into the constellation Aquarius, which is the water man. In the spring of the year, the burnt offering takes place. The sun consumes the constellation Aries, and the ancients would call the constellation Aries, Ram of God, which takes away the cold of the winter. We change it to Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. When the sun consumes that lamb, that ram, it then moves to the, in the east, northern hemisphere to the eastern sky, and summer comes. The sun is crucified. It sits in the tomb three days and three nights. It is born of a birth on, the, on, on December the 25th. It enters the waterman Aquarius. 
It is the burnt offering which consumes the Lamb of God, and then it sits at the right hand of power or the right hand of the Father, and summer comes to your life. And the reason that this all occurs is because in the center of your abdomen is a place called the solar plexus, which is the place of the sun, and through the meditation prescribed by the Bible, when the energy is allowed to rise and crucifies the lower flesh, you sit in the tomb of meditation, you are reborn to rise up to that which is the pineal gland of the brain, which is the symbol of Aries, which opens up the right hemisphere of the brain, and summer comes to your life, the winter of your soul ends, and that's why Jesus Christ said, if you want to find, cast your neck to the right side. John 21, 6. And the sun ends its journey in August. It becomes Leo, king of kings and lord of lords. And then you know what happens? It starts its journey all over again. In September, the sun is born of a virgin. Dear God. Tell me about it. What happened here? Is this a coincidence? Did they make the sun to go around to follow the story? Or did they make the story to follow this? Tell me about it. Let's say, am I taken from Jesus? I'm given to Jesus. Because Jesus Christ, who was and is the Lord, came and said, hey, listen, all of these things are done as parables. They look and look, but they don't see. They listen and listen, but they don't hear. Seek within yourself. And this Lord Jesus Christ did not come down to this earth to show what a great Savior he is. He came down to show how great you are. He said, hey, the things that I do, you can do. You can do better than me. And I shout this. I would love to go into every church. Hey, I can do better than Jesus. Oh, no, you can't. Yes, I can. And I know that I can because he said I can. And he didn't say, I'm a rotten, risible, wretch sinner. He said, the kingdom of God is within me, and I'm the light of the world, and I'll follow that guy anywhere. But don't tell me that he's not the sun god because his life and every aspect of his life duplicates the trajectory of the sun. Before him was Amen Ra and Horus and all of the others who were part of the ancient umbilical cord that came from God to each one of us. So you see, the sun god gives light gives healing, gives life, and as long as it is with us, we can find our way. But when it is over, we are overcome by the darkness, which comes from the left side of the negativity. And in this culture, the darkness has come from one place, religion, which would not allow people to think. Christianity is born out of a period of culture in Europe. And do you know what it was called? It's called the Middle Ages. The point where Christianity rules supreme in the world was in Europe in the Middle Ages. And you know what history calls it? The Dark Ages. Don't even think about changing the station. You're listening to The Bottom Line with your host, Joey L. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on The Bottom Line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. I can't trust these niggas, they be switching sides Trapping in the band up with your bitches side Money new, hundreds blue, I just spent a dime Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Try and lie me when you find me, better grip your knife But Stephanie Fabiani, we on a different time Had to hustle and rob, they ain't leave me a choice This can't be life, Jay-Z and Bean's voice Never had a nine to five 
leaving that So the block is where I decided I'm eating that The staircase is where the fiends used to meet me at Police searching me, looking for work, but I was cheeking that Was on that block every night, getting to that bag Wanted that Kooji and Versace shit Biggie had Cooking that cocaine till it turned hard I'm living in hell, still believing in God I got faith like I'm Frank White Seeds don't want that work if it ain't right Niggas don't want you coming up if they ain't eating The block jumping, I'm out here, I ain't leaving I'm popping, I ain't one of these lame niggas Me and Carmelo Anthony fucking the same strippers Going hand in hand is what made me a boss I know how to bounce back after taking the loss See tough guys turning the bitches in court Judge made them realize they ain't as tough as they thought Bodies done drop for this money I got I earned these diamonds that I got in my watch I earned these diamonds that I got in my chain I treated myself for putting in all of that pain I can't trust these niggas, they be switching sides Trapping in the band with your bitch inside Money new, hundreds blue, I just spent a dime Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Try and lie me when you find me, better grip your knife But definitely Fabiani, we on a different time I just wanna open this up, telling y'all I'm opening up I wanna be able to smell it before I open it up That shit ain't potent enough, I be plotting low in the cut Looking at the TV like that's supposed to be us But who am I to blame? I'm still a student of the game I maneuver out the rain and bring my shooters when I shame Yeah, I need a bitch that's a down one When them pounds come, make this out of town run Don't lead till your round's done Time to time I still chop it up with the old hags They told me how most niggas snitch when you go fast Told me to switch the hustle to flow dead My brother Pop died and flow dead You ain't quote dead Sometimes I still wish I had a brick for the coke heads Pull up with a mountain of snow and tell them go sled Remember Halloween's back when we used to throw eggs yeah. Stealing mopeds, gave a fuck what the Pope said fuck. Nigga, which one you happen to pick? Judge by 12 or carry by 6 Granddad said be careful with the drugs Don't let them defeat you I said I don't do the drugs I just tell them the people He told me it's cold love when you going up Couple niggas come through and see how you holding up Pictures on your cell wall that you was holding up Give it some time, them packages and them bitches start flowing up I can't trust these niggas, they be switching sides Trapping in the band up with your bitch inside Money new, hundreds blue, I just spent a dime Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Try and lie me when you find me, better grip your knife But definitely Fabiani, we on a different time Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after these messages on Evolution Radio. All right, all right, all right. What's happening? What's happening? Peace to the God. What's going on? Right here on the New Evolution Radio Network. I'm your host, Jerry Bounce LB. Why not, right? All right, so uh, we're going to jump right into it tonight. Call the number is 516-531-9318. I don't know how many people have the new number, so if y'all can spread the word and give people the new call-in number, tell them to get rid of that old number because it's no good. Uh, 
line. I would certainly appreciate that. All right, so tonight on the bottom line, we are going to continue our remedy series. Uh, we're going to continue our discussion tonight um, when it comes to remedy. And tonight we are going to move over into the subject of credit repair, right, and cleaning your credit, things like that. Um, so one of the things that, um, you know, I find to be really helpful especially when we start talking about credit repair and cleaning up credit, things like that, is understanding how that works, right? Um, and understanding, you know, why cleaning up credit is so important, you know, how to deal with the FDCPA, which is the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, how to deal with the FCRA, which is the Fair Credit Reporting Act, um, how to deal with the Telephone Collections Protection Act, which is the TCPA, and then when you move over to your business credit, which we'll dive into next week um, as part of the Remedy series, um, it's important to understand how to deal uh, with the business side of it, right? And, you know, when we talk about business credit, you know, um, your business score is not a FICO score. It's called a Paydex score, right? And those two things operate on different um, different value systems, but um, normally you have to essentially have good credit personally, right, up to a certain point, um, you know, in order to be able to make your business credit move. Now, what do I mean when I say that? What I mean is that if you start a new business, okay, and that new business doesn't have any credit whatsoever, Right, then you're going to need a personal guarantor, which means that you have to personally guarantor that, you know, you can sign that that uh, that contract or whatever it is to guarantor that that money is going to be paid, right, paid back, whatever the credit is that you need given. So um, tonight, what I wanted to talk about specifically, I'm going to give you guys some some uh, some useful information that you can use, right, when it comes down to it, and we're going to talk about um, a little bit about 15 U.S.C., right, which deals with uh, the, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, right, and um, I did a 611 letter a while back, and it may still be on my website. If not, you can always holler at me um, to get that letter, okay, but the 611 dispute letter is great for removing negative items from the credit report. Right, um, and, and believe me when I tell you that it works wonders for your credit. Right, it's probably one of the best things that um, I have ever used in terms of cleaning credit. Right, and it it truly does work. It's it's a it's the trifecta letter, if you will. Right, it, it covers all of the bases. Okay, so the six eleven, the six eleven, the six eleven letter. Um, it deals with like erroneous items that have been put on your credit report. So, for instance, if and it also deals with um, when they put something on there and take it off and then throw it back on there, right? It deals with that as well because they got so many days to pull something off your credit once they put it on there. So the 611 letter is probably um, one of the most important letters, and I would use it after an initial validation letter has been used. Um, and, you know, essentially when you use this letter, right, the whole purposes of this letter is to enforce the FCRA 611 procedure, right, where it deals with um, procedures in terms of 
um, dispute and accuracies and things like that under 15 U.S.C. 1681I, Section 5, right, which deals with the treatment of inaccurate or unverifiable information in general. So if after any reinvestigation, paragraph 1, right, of any information that's disputed by you, who is the consumer, Right for um, let's say any item, it don't have to. It don't because people say, well, well, what about student loans? You know, what about mortgages? What, any item, right? Any item of information that's found to be inaccurate or incomplete or cannot be verified, the consumer reporting agency, right, has to promptly delete that shit, right, and then the item from the file of the consumer, which would be your credit file, right, and so a lot of times. Um, you know, you you will attempt to try to get something removed, and they won't remove it, right? And it will take a few times to get it removed. I've I've done this for years, right? This is even why we've used um, the uh, what is it? It's the um, the identity theft letter, right? Because essentially, and, and excuse me, the identity theft affidavit, not the letter, the uh, uh, affidavit. Because the affidavit works, and I'll tell you why it works so well, is because number one, it's an affidavit, but number two, it comes right from the FTC, which is the Fair Trade Commission. Okay? Um, and so the 611 letter is really important, um, and that's under 611 of the Credit Reporting Act, right? And there's also the 609 uh, letter as well, which I just created, so you can also get your hands on that as well. Um, and 609 essentially. When, when the answer to your dispute comes back and they say that it's verified, then you ask for documentation, right? Because you have the right to request the documentation that they use to verify the dispute, right? So basically, um, in the 609 letter, you are requesting that the credit bureau provide you with all of the necessary information, right? So that they can go in and delete all of the items that you disputed off your credit report. So the items that you would basically request would be um, the name of the original creditor, right? Who has the original loan, right? I don't, I don't care what type of debt it is. Who's the original creditor? Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is that you need the address and the phone number of the original creditor. Okay? The next thing is is you need the name of the person at the credit reporting agency who verified the dispute with the original creditor. The next thing you need are the documents that we use to verify your dispute. So you're asking them, show me what y'all use to verify my dispute. Don't just tell me that you verify some shit because you don't know who these people are, right? And don't forget, and I've said this in many different um, episodes where we've dealt with this, your credit report is private. It, it is your credit report. It is not the person who's cleaning it. Um, or when I say cleaning it, I mean the person at the credit bureau who's taking the items off. It's not their credit report. It don't belong to um, Equifax. It don't belong to Experian. It don't belong to none of those agencies. It is your credit report. Okay. So the documents that are used to verify your dispute are really important to get. So the Fair Credit Reporting Act um, 609 grants you the right to request this information. So under FCRA 609, um, 15 U.S.C. 1681GA, it deals with what's known as the information on the file. It deals with the sources. It deals with uh, report recipients, every consumer reporting agency, 
um, which includes uh, uh, Trellis, okay, which is one of the, the lesser-known agencies, okay? But upon a request that you make, they are subject to 610A1 and 1681H, which is clearly and accurately a disclosure to you, the consumer. So that means that they have to disclose to you where they got the information, right? So all information in the consumer's file at the time of the request is to be given to you. That's the, you know, that, that that's that's the the plain and simple of it, right? You got to give me what I request. Now, here's the thing, right? Um, and there's not a lot of people who be on these shows no more, which is fine. A lot more people download these shows, so. Um, the information will get to those who are supposed to have it, like I've always said, right? But in the consumer mortgage industry, right, uh, there's a what's known as a debt-to-income ratio, right, which is the percentage of a consumer's monthly gross income that goes towards paying debts. So precisely these, these DTIs, these debt-to-income ratios, um, basically cover more than just debt. They also include principles, taxes, fees, insurance, uh, insurance premiums, all of that shit, right? And so when we start talking about credit, right, and cleaning your credit and somebody having things like credit cards to rebuild the credit, you must know what a debt-to-income ratio is, right? And this will help you to maintain the credit after you are able to clean the credit. So we're going to deal with these things tonight because, um, you know, when we start talking about, um, you know, being able to to have a true financial freedom, you have to be able to move back and forth between understanding how to clean the credit and understanding how to build your credit, right? Two really important things. So this is what we're going to get into tonight, all right? Um, we'll take a very short break, um, probably about two or three minutes, and then we'll dive right into this information, man. You're right here on the bottom line. I'm your host, Joey Bounce, L. Bay, all right? And we'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Keep it locked. Let my money pass go. Watch me reverse out of dick He got a bad bitch, bad bitch We live in lavish, lavish I get expensive fabric I got expensive habits He wanna go with me He like to roll away He wanna be with me He wanna give me that part of me Ice tournament Ice style tournament You ain't on it Take a top shift, call my girls and put them all on my spaceship Hang one night when you say I'll make you famous Hey, have you ever seen the stage going ape shit? Get my money fast and go
pull up in the two. I'm like, keep, keep me, Rafiki, who been lying king to you? Pocket watch it like kangaroos. Tell these clowns we ain't amused. Man, clips for that monkey business. Four, five, got changed for you. Motorcades when we came through. Presidential with the planes too. When better get you with the residential. Undefeated with the cane too. I said no to the Super Bowl. You need me, I don't need you. Every night we in the end zone. Tell the NFL we in stadium too. Last night was a fucking zoo. Stay diving in a pool of people. Ran to Liverpool like a fucking beetle. Smoke gorilla glue like it's fucking legal. Tell the Grammys, fuck that over A shit. Have you ever seen a crowd going ape shit? yourself things right um, and hopefully this will help y'all man you know I you know I'm all about um, being able to teach people um, how to do things themselves so this way they are able to successfully move um, in commerce right we, when we start when we first started these shows you know we started these shows based on the premise of helping people to better understand commerce okay so that's what we're gonna deal with tonight um, so before we went to the quick break, I talked about 609 letter, right? So with the section 609 dispute, right, it's a do-it-yourself type of thing, right? Um, and the, like I said, the, the letters work because it disputes the credit reporting agencies, right? The, the quote, right to report the negative, right? But not whether the account is valid or not. So under the FCRA, 
on credit reporting agencies, credit bureaus must provide you with a copy of the verifiable original creditor documentation. So if it's requested properly by you, the consumer, you get the proper information. Okay, so since they cannot provide proof of verification to you in the form of a physical contract, right? We've always talked about physical contracts, right? Documentation per your written request to do so, the account is classified as what they call unverified. And under the FCRA, all unverified accounts must be deleted. You got to delete that. If it's unverified, it's got to be deleted. What's up, Solar Child? Peace to the God. Thank you for tuning in. Um, It's got to be deleted, right? Because it's unverified. So, you need to also keep in mind that it takes time to get them to remove everything, right? So I tell people that when you remove stuff from the credit report, whether you're doing it for yourself or somebody else, give it 60 to 90 days, right? Now, one person may send a, a first notice letter, right? And you may get virtually all of the negative items removed in 30 days. I've seen brothers um, send out letters, and they have had their whole credit report wiped within that time frame. So another person may send the letter and only get one of the accounts removed. Or a third person may send a letter out and they may get the credit bureau standard denial letter from them, right? Or their intimidation denial letter, right? Because they do stuff like this. They, they try to intimidate you. Now, regardless of the results you get, it's important to be diligent and persistent with how you are dealing with these people. Right, you got to be persistent. Now, if after the first round of the first letters that you send, right, you get derogatory information that still stays on your credit report. So let's say you send out those letters, they don't take off the stuff that you're trying to get off. Okay, then you need to simply send the next letter, right? And this basically emphasizes the written request to them, right, to send copies of the verifiable proof. That the account that you are questioning was verified, right? And this is where that six on nine letter comes in. That because you're saying, hey, look, y'all gotta verify what y'all telling me, right? You can't just tell me that you pulled some shit off my credit report, but you didn't verify it. You understand? So the reason, um, you know, that it takes time to dispute items. From the credit report is because most disputed letters never get read by a real human. I'll say it again. The reason why it takes so long to get shit off your credit report is because most disputed letters never get read by a real person. So the trick is is to get the letter read by a real human instead of a computer. So here's how it works. Right? Initially your dispute letter goes to a human, but they don't read it. Right? They only open the envelope and then they run the page. Or pages through a computerized scanner. So then the scanning machine does an optical recognition of the words in your letter. Okay? So if your letter is typewritten, then the name of the creditor and the account numbers that you're disputing can be read by the computer. Okay? And then they're compared to the creditor's name. You understand? Then they compare it to the account numbers in the credit file. Then they match up the computer automatically. Right, with your letter, and it sends um, it sends you a form essentially in the mail, and it states that the account information was verified. You see how they do it? They run shit through a computer. So a lot of times, 
you're not even really getting um, your letters read. That's just right off the bat, all right? Now, here's the next thing, and, and we have to make sure that, that we go through this, right? Because most people give up after they receive a reply from the credit bureaus, right? They state that, oh, we verified the account and this shit is accurate. That's an easy way to do things, right? That's an easy way to get people to go away, right? What do you say? So considering that you know that the account belongs to you, or doesn't belong to you, right? Most people are expecting that the credit dispute process won't work because they quit too soon. That's really what they want you to do. So the key here is to make your dispute letter as accurate as possible, number one, okay? With all of the, the FCRA, FDCPA, whatever it is, right? Because you don't want your letter to get rejected by the computer system, right? And, and I shouldn't even say get rejected by the computer system. I really should say that you don't want it to get rejected by a person and have it passed through a computer system. You want it going to a live person, okay? So here's the best way to do it, and, and this is old school. I'm being honest to you. Sometimes you want to handwrite the creditors. Now, if your handwriting is something you might want to get um, female or something that you know who got some good handwriting and let them write it for you, okay? Um, now, the handwriting portion of the letter does not guarantee that a human is going to, to look at your letter, okay? But it does guarantee that it's going to get, you know, uh, rejected by a computer system, right? So, um, it disputes what they call their right to report. Now, without us getting into a whole lot of detail right, of the duties and the restrictions that put on the employees right um because you know they they put a lot of what they do is they they put these people in a space where um, they have to get a quota every day right essentially there's a quota how many files can you reject okay so then they send you the intimidation uh rejection letter okay so and then it normally says something like, we received a suspicious-looking request regarding your personal credit information that I have determined uh, that was sent by you. We've taken action on this request, and future requests in this manner will be processed, and uh, we're not receiving a response. They say some shit like that, right? So you may receive a letter back that asks you if you're doing business with a credit repair company or if you got an attorney or, or did you pay a company or who helped you draft a dispute letter sometimes because they did that to me once, right? So don't fill out shit. Don't, I'll say it again. Don't fill out nothing that they sent you. Only use the letters that you either get from me, you get from somebody else who helped you draft it, or one that you did yourself. Don't fill out nothing that they sent you. It's a way for them to intimidate you. Now, because Section 16A... Of 1681H of the FCRA, it stipulates that a credit bureau is only required to respond to a dispute from a consumer if it is in writing and if the consumer properly verifies who they are, number one, okay, and verifies that they are um, using proper identification, okay, so a copy of a valid driver's license, 
showing an address that matches up with the address shown on your credit report and a copy of your social security card are considered valid verification or identification, right? Now, by providing all of this information, there's no question whatsoever that you are the one making the written request. Now, if you know anything from what I've taught in the past, one of the hardest things to do is to get these fools to remove addresses. It's one of the hardest things. What's up, uh, Greens Gavin? Peace of the gods, bro. Um, so one of the hardest things to do is to get these people to remove an address, right? It, it, it's probably, you, you like, well, damn, I ain't lived there in 10 years. Why won't I remove this shit from my credit report? I, I don't even live there no more, right? It's because they want to keep it on the report. You understand? Now, um, it, it's really important, right? If you don't tell them that you lost your old card or your old ID or something like that, right? That they will simply issue you a change of address, right? Um, which the credit bureaus tend not to accept. Now, what am I saying? What I'm saying is, is that if you have a driver's license or a social security card, okay, um, and those things are tied into old addresses, go get a new one. Go change your shit up. Go get a P.O. box. Go change your address and stuff. They use the addresses to track you, number one. And number two, they use the addresses to try to verify old debt, especially shit that's past the statute of limitations. So also know that if you do not have a copy of your Social Security card, right, um, or a W-2, a pay stub, any of that, right, that shows your name, Social Security number on it, that's not necessarily a bad thing, especially when it comes to these people, right, because normally – to verify who you are, all they really need is ID. You can have a state ID. You can have a passport. All they need to do is verify who you are. You can send them an affidavit, right, of your new address. Now, right, before the dispute process, you should go down to the FedEx store or your local copy center and get about 12 to 15 copies, okay, of your driver's license, of, you know, a water bill, a phone bill, something that's got an address on there, right? Even if you ain't living there, right? Right? And you're going to send these out with your dispute letters. Now, remember, right, if you do happen to get some resistance from the credit bureaus, do not be alarmed when they send you those letters, right? And, and they say they will send these letters out, right? But And the biggest thing is don't give up. They expect you to do that, right? So, and believe me when I tell you, they don't play fair. Okay, it's not in they, it's not in their nature to be nice to you. Okay, so um, the six oh nine dispute letter is really important in this manner. Now, to get copies of your credit report, go to annualcreditreport.com. Right, if you're lucky, you can get access to all three of these reports, right? And you want to get copies of these reports because you need to see what's on the report. You want to make sure that each report has the same information on each report, right? So, um, and, and check this out, right? This is really important because if each report that you pull, and I mean each report that you pull, has a different address on there, that's a problem. And why is that a problem? That's a problem because each of these credit bureaus are supposed to have the same information. I pulled my credit um, probably about a month ago. One score was higher than the other, right? And I was like, yeah, why is one score higher than the other? So I had to go in and look, right? Because they, they've been running neck to neck the whole time. 
I go in and look. They've got information reporting on one credit bureau that's not reporting on the other. So guess what that means? Under the 611 letter, they're supposed to remove it. Why? Because according to the FDCPA, they're supposed to be in line with each other. You can't have information on one report and not have it on another. If so, if I, if I had to verify that they need to pull it off of one report, they got to verify to pull it off of two. You get what I'm saying? So each credit report and I did uh, identify, right, or I, identity, the identity or whatever it is, right? But each credit report that you pull, you must identify all of the negative items, right? Um, so a negative item, sometimes your, your name might be spelled wrong on the credit report. They might have somebody else's name on there. Um, I've seen this happen recently where we we, um, we were working on somebody's report, and the individual on that report was a um, – they were authorized user on the report, right? And because they were authorized user on the report, all of that other person's information appeared on their report. So it looked like they lived somewhere that they had never been before only because they were authorized user, right? So that goes back to the – Identity issue, right? So we got to check that. Okay, so review each credit report. Okay, so if you got a Chase account, make sure that you know that the account number matches the Chase account. If you got a um, Bank of America account, make sure that the Bank of America account number matches the account. Right? See the negative accounts that you want to have deleted are easy to find. Usually there will be a section on your credit report titled, the following accounts may be considered negative. So the account numbers listed for each account shown on your credit report are partial account numbers, right? I'll say it again. They are partial account numbers. This is all you need to write on your dispute letter. <clears throat> Matter of fact, they give you the address. They, they tell you uh, uh, where these people are, how long they've been collecting. <clears throat> so you get all of the information that you need. So after you compile this list of information, the handwriting, right, both the name on the account and the account number on the letter, remember that it's important if you want to get your dispute letter, right, seen and read by a real-life person, which increases the chances of getting the negative item removed from the first letter or the second letter or whatever letters you send out, right? So after you've compiled your list of negatives for each credit report, you didn't need to open section 609 credit dispute letter. Okay? And y'all can do these letters yourself, or you can highlight me and I'll, I'll get you a template or, I'll, or I can show you how to do it to set up a console with me, right? But then you'll send out the 609 letter, right? To do it yourself, right? Okay? And this is where the shit gets real, you know, this is where it gets fun, right? Because Understand that what we're doing is just we are essentially setting this thing up so this way you can go from disputing the credit, pulling shit off the credit, to sending out letters to these so-called creditors, right? And if they don't, if they don't stop reporting, you can then file a lawsuit against them. So we're talking about how to get to the commerce, right? So before, and I, I recommend that you create three separate folders on your computer. You got one for experience. One for Equifax, another one for TransUnion, right? Then each copy of the letters, copy one, copy two, copy three, right, into each folder. 
So then you start with experience. You open the experience folder, right? And then you open letter one, experience inside the folder, right? You plug your name in, plug your address in, etc. Then you print out the letters. Then you handwrite in the account and the partial account numbers for each account that you want deleted. Okay? Then you also add the word unverified account. Okay? You got to, uh, trust me, if you do this, you will get this credit report cleaned up. You will have A1 credit. Whether you're using a uh, social security number, you're using uh, EIN, you're using the state, whatever kind of credit you're using. Okay? Now, I don't like to attach social security numbers or social security cards. I, I don't really recommend that you do that. But if you feel comfortable doing that, then do that, right? Now, also on the envelope, when you're sending out the envelope, right? Handwrite your return address and the credit bureau's address on the envelope so the credit bureau treats the dispute letter as if it is from an individual, which means that they are more inclined to take longer to open your letter, which means that it will take longer to deal with it, which being said, right, is a better chance that they'll remove the items. So, so, so for instance, if they just come back real quick, and they be like, nope, we verified. Good opportunity, good chance that these motherfuckers are not going to remove the item. Sometimes they do that, right? Like I said, they run it through a computer system. You know, yeah. I, thank you, Green Gavin. Automated replies. You know, all right. So now here's the next part, right? Wait four days and then prepare your mail, right? So um, essentially, don't send out your dispute letters one to all three credit bureaus on the same day, okay? Send them out four days apart. Doing it this way increases the odds of getting the items removed, right? A little bit quicker. Now, um, and I I recommend, right, um, you know, that anytime that you do this, right, you know, and and you you really want to make sure that after you mail out your first letter to all three credit bureaus, right, um, over a nine-day period, that you watch the mail closely, right? You might even get on the phone with these motherfuckers and call them, hey, what's up with my my stuff? I, I sent the dispute letter. I ain't heard from y'all. Okay? You you have to stay on their ass. It is extremely important that you stay on top of this. Okay? See, see here's the thing, right? And I, y'all know me, man. I'm going to give y'all the, the raw facts and the truth about this shit because that's just what it is, you know? Straight up. I'm straight up about how I teach, right? <clears throat> These people have a responsibility to you as a consumer. You are a consumer. This is a consumer credit reporting. Right? So it's important that you establish a paper trail with these people, right? Of your efforts to enforce the consumer's rights under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Alright? So you need to document everything in writing. Keep copies of the letters that you send to these people. I can't say it enough. Keep copies of the letters that you send to these people. Keep certified mail copies, receipts, response letters. Keep diligent copies and notes of everything, family. Right? So if they fail to respond to your letter, right, of receiving your letter, right, then you need to mail them what they call a no response letter. Okay? 
hey, I didn't get nothing from y'all. Here's my no response. Y'all didn't respond to me. See, over time, if you um, have a file, right, that you put together, right, um, then you can go to the FTC and you can file your complaint, right? You can even go to your state attorney general, okay? And then you can file another complaint with them, right? That, that makes your case even stronger, right? Because then you can go against the credit bureau. Now, um, there's a law that just got passed recently where they're actually looking at getting rid of the credit bureaus. I don't know if y'all saw that. They're talking about getting rid of credit bureaus altogether, right? Which is, to me, it's interesting that they would even do that. Okay? But just so that we understand this, right? We have to under we have to understand this and, and understand how they doing this. All right. Um, all right. So with that being said, I'm gonna get into some other information here that's important. All right, and I'm gonna talk a little bit um, about you know some some facts that you should know. Okay. In terms of you know the what they call the alternate credit file, okay. So and and I, and I I'm gonna read this to you because this this comes from um, a credit series that um, I studied a while ago, and so I want y'all to listen closely. Okay. Now some of the, and some of this stuff you know we 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 may have touched on before, but but listen closely, all right? So. The Federal Trade Commission, right? They launched what was known as the Operation New ID, right? Bad idea. They did that over eight years ago, right? So basically, this operation targeted um, over 50 credit repair organizations, okay, and, and companies that were selling consumers uh, these pamphlets and, and these services um, that were giving people brand new credit files. Under the pretense that it was 100% legal, right? And in some cases, they even claimed it to be government sponsored. Okay, now this this was this is a con. Okay, so companies would target consumers with bad credit, um, then they would offer to create a brand new credit file for them, basically by substituting um, an EIN number for their social security number along with a new address, right? But the EINs were obtained from the IRS on behalf of the consumer. Now, let me say this. There's nothing wrong with doing that. If you are creating the file to do business, so if you do that, you have to do a DBA, okay? Because it's completely legal to do that. It's lawful to do that, actually, right? But the, but what essentially what would happen is with the EIN and the new address, companies would either have the consumer apply for credit with this new information or the company would apply for them. So when the creditor would run the application, it would automatically create a new credit file because the computer systems were unable to find the consumer in the database. This is what happens, right? Now, I've also seen them do this, and they got smart. They started – this is oh, this is the same name. So they started merging people's files. Now, family, what did I just tell y'all that you had to do that was so important? You have to have a different address, addresses, right? You can have – you know how many people are in the world named John Smith? There's plenty of John Smiths, right? But how many John Smiths live at 123 Apple Street, right, in, in Sarasota, Florida, right? So you have to have a different address, okay? So now, while there is some dispute, 
okay, in terms of, you know, and he had his people who call themselves privacy experts, right? Um, and, you know, the FTC, FTC is strict with this stuff, right? So, you know, when you're dealing with these companies that, that said they can clean your credit, right, you are better to do this on your own, right, or, or do it with somebody privately. But a lot of these companies, they they will sell you some shit that you don't need, okay? Now, um, let's, you know, and I don't want to dive into the whole aspect of the CPN number and all of that because CPNs, um, depending upon how you use them, right, are legal. And depending upon how you use them, they can be illegal depending upon how you use them, right? So that's why I don't really advocate to use a CPN. I would rather advocate that you set up a business in your name, right? You're, you're better to do that if you want to build a new credit file, okay? Just my opinion, all right? Now, um, a lot of consumers are unaware that in addition to consumer credit reports, right, Experian and Equifax, they own and they operate the business credit reporting services, right? So the same people that's – and this is why addresses are important because the same people that's doing business credit or typically some of the same people who are doing your personal credit. So by creating a business credit profile, a consumer can then create an alternate credit file legally. See what I'm saying? Business credit will give you 10 times more credit, y'all. You want that Bentley. You want that, that nice condo. Um you want that credit line four hundred thousand dollars? Business credit. Okay. Now, some creditors, such as uh, residential utility companies, will not allow you to use business credit right in place of personal credit, right? So we gotta know how to get around that. Now, um, going to give you a technique, right? And the, the basic, the basics of, of of building business credit, right? Number one, set up a proper structure for your business, okay? Set up a proper structure, whether it's unincorporated, C-Corp, S-Corp, LLC, right? And remember, we teach trust, so you can put all of this stuff under your trust. These are proper structures, okay? Don't do it the nigga way, right, which is, you know, you just go into business and buy a shop. How many people I know? That that when it has are in business right now, and I'm sure y'all know some that have never used their business credit, right? So obtain the EIN number and get a Dunn's number. Number three, you need to borrow and buy products, right, from vendors who report to business credit reporting agencies, Experian, Equifax, Dun and Bradstreet. Okay, so when you're building business credit, this requires, um. This requires you to to also have good personal credit, and this is why we just talked about personal credit. Because once you clean the personal credit up, you should immediately move on to the business credit, right? So this is when it becomes imperative for y'all, right, that you learn from your past mistakes, right? It's like anything in life, right? Anything you know that that you didn't learn before, you know you typically would repeat it again, 
right? So it's important to do things the right way, the proper way, the second time, if you have a second chance. Sometimes in life, you don't get second chances. Okay, so let me just give y'all, you know, we'll open up the call lines, but let me give you some tips, okay, some insider techniques, if you will, to raise your credit score, right? Because if there's one question that people ask, um, especially about consumers, right, about credit is uh, what's the fastest way that I can raise my score? People ask this shit all the time, right? How can I raise my score? So if you wish to raise the score from, let's say, a 580 to a 680, right, then your strategy will be very different from someone wanting to go from a 670 to a 725. Now you say, well, why is this? Because your starting point is different, which requires a different approach, right? So while the removal of negative items from a credit report will almost always lead to an increase in the score, it's a basic concept. It's basic. Okay? All right. So, like I talked about at the beginning of the show, there's a debt-to-income, debt-to-credit ratio, right? And this means a lot when you're buying property. This means a lot uh, when you're building the credit. This means a lot. What is your debt-to-income ratio? See, the most, the most fraudulent thing, right, that I've heard, um, if people say shit like, oh, I got excellent credit, I pay all my bills on time. False. That's a false belief, right? That's a false belief. Because credit is a mindset, right? So your debt to credit ratio is your ratio of debt to your total available credit to you that you've been extended. Basically, your revolving credit line. So, for example, right, if you got $10,000 in um, total unsecured revolving credit accounts, then you're currently in debt $2,500. Then your debt to credit ratio is what? It's 25%. Okay? So, the main way that lenders make money is by charging interest to you. So, one of the elements of the credit scoring model is driven by your ability to maintain balances and then pay over time. So, this shows your true long-term credit worthiness, which is the most profitable to lenders since they make more money primarily via the interest and not the annual fees that they charge you. You understand? It's all, it's all, about, it's all about interest, man. Interest, interest runs the world. Right, uh, stay tuned because I'm gonna give y'all some more powerful information in a few minutes. Right now, um, you can go to the you know if you, you know, the better the better uh, what they call it the BBB Better Business Bureau. Right, um, you know they, they deal with FICO and stuff like that. Right, um, so you know. And, and they, they typically have information on their website that deals with the debt-to-credit ratio thing, right? But, um, you know, most people in our country um, are in debt, right? And their debt-to-credit ratio is too high, so they can't get nothing. See, this is another thing about the credit report, fellas and ladies. You can't have too much debt on that credit report. You also don't really want to have that much credit on there. You want a couple of accounts that are good, that you're paying on time, where you're like 3% below your ratio. 
Okay. So for example, right, if you have ten thousand dollars in unsecured revolving account, but you owe eighty five hundred dollars, thereby giving you eighty five percent debt debt to credit ratio, that's not that great. Okay. So let's talk about what's known as um, subprime merchandise cards. And a lot of people don't talk about this and this is crucial, right? Because these subprime merchandise cards um, the single most cost-effective and powerful tool for consumers to increase their high credit limit and then decrease their debt-to-credit ratio is using a subprime merchandise card. Okay? Now, unfortunately, despite their immense benefits, right, these are the most misunderstood cards in the credit industry. So if you've never heard of this, you need to go check this out right? because a large portion of, of the misunderstanding is due to, to, to people misrepresenting that the cards themselves, um, you know, number one, are easy to get, or number two, um, the fact that growing numbers of companies are promoting them because the fact is, is that they're not. So when you learn how they work, you're going to be a beast. Now, subprime merchandise right, is nothing more than the card that's attached to a line of credit, which allows you to buy merchandise from a specific vendor. So what am I saying to you? A subprime merchandise card is not giving to you in a personal capacity. You got to go get a business account. The merchandise, in most cases, will be purchased through a catalog or an online store. See, you got to do commerce. So the problem arises, right, is that cars are marked almost exclusively in the subprime market, right? Um, so you'll get, like, emails for this shit. Um, you know, they send you direct mail. Right? You know how you get the things in the mail. You're pre-approved, that type of stuff, right? Or those um, guaranteed approval, no credit check, no co-signer, right? You can't be turned down. You get an unsecured line. Subprime, y'all. Subprime. Okay. So here's how it works, right? The company approves anyone with a post, essentially, <laughs> and gives them a card for twenty five hundred dollars to like twelve thousand five hundred, roughly within that within that type of limit, you can get a card. I know a brother that got one for twenty grand, right? So the card is only good for merchandise through their website. Um, I'm gonna give y'all one right now. Y'all ready? Um, this one is called, um, it is, uh, what's the jeweler company? It's, um, damn, I can't think of the whole name of it. It's a jeweler company, right? You can go, I think it's, um, I've given it out before. Crown Jewelers, I think it is. Yeah, Crown Jewelers, right? They even, I believe they even have a card now, okay? Crown Jewelers is a good one, okay? But, um, they don't even really run a credit check. No co-signers needed, right? But the card is only good for merchandise through the website, okay? So as the deposit is paid, the remaining balance is financed on the card, okay? So let's say you buy $1,000 worth of merchandise, right? The deposit is $300. So then the finance is $700 on the merchandise. You understand what I'm saying? So with a legitimate subprime merchandise card, your credit line will be reported to at least one major credit bureau. 
So this means if you get a $5,000 car and then you finance $500 on your credit report, it'll look like any other credit car. And then, you know, it's going to do some wonders for you. So this will increase your high credit limit by about $5,000. Okay? This is for unsecured revolving credit accounts. Okay? The second thing is that by carrying a small outstanding balance, small, not a large, a small one, it will positively impact your credit report by building and then showing potential lenders your credit worthiness. Okay? You ever try to start building credit and then you go in somewhere like um like Walmart or something and you try to get a card and they won't give you a card. Why do you think they don't give you no card? You ain't got no credit. You don't got no credit history. You got to have some history. Look, if you want to start building something right now, go to self.com. Go to self.com. You can get a unsecured account right now. Anybody who tells me I can't get no credit, go to, you know, go to self and start building with self. You're going to pay yourself. You're going to build credit for yourself. Now, I told y'all, right, and, I, and I've said this many times, if you got a business and I got a business, we come together properly, right, we can go, we can step to the credit reporting agencies and tell them that we want to be credit furnishers. I can report credit for you. You can report credit for me. We got to start doing stuff together, man. We have to stop working against each other and start working with each other. The Asians do it. The Italians do it. The Jews do it. The Indians do it. What are we doing? We have to work as a collective. Right? So with a good payment history, you basically are guaranteed to receive legitimate pre-approved credit offers. Talking about legitimate, not not junk mail, right? Okay, now, right, um, you know, there's there's something that's known as piggybacking, right? And it's not used um, by nearly as many consumers, right? But piggybacking essentially is like what I talked about earlier, right? Which is where you use somebody else's credit to get your credit up, right? So if, if there's a credit card with ten thousand dollar limit, which has been paid, right? And, Agreed for the last 10 years um, Then that complete history will be posted To an authorized user's credit report Right So you understand if you know somebody that's got good credit You can link up with them This is another way of helping each other It's completely legal and legit to do this Okay Now there's something known as um, And this is another strategy But this is known as advanced credit profiling Right so this is a strategy um, while it's not very complex, it can be taken to a very complex level, even in the basic form, right? Um, and, and and if you take advantage of it, it works well. Okay, so this basically involves intentionally building your credit report in a way which creates a profile that closely fits the criteria of the lenders. So this is a technique which can be used in a in a in a complex way. Okay, so basically, right. While, while consumers will, will boast um, that they've got, you know, ten, twenty, thirty, or $50,000 worth of credit cards, okay, because I know people who've done this, right? Many of those people don't even have a mortgage or an auto loan or a lease or an equipment loan or, or a line of credit with a local bank or a credit union, right? So 
these other forms of credit create a much more well-rounded credit profile for the consumer. So this is achieved by showing greater credit accounts, diversity, experience, all that type of stuff. So you want to, as one folks say, diversify your portfolio. You're going to diversify your credit portfolio. This is real diversification right now. Right? Straight up. All right. Um, and here, here's the thing, right? And you know, let's let's just, you know, let's be honest, right? Because a, a person that has fifty thousand dollars in credit cards does not represent, um, you know, near the credit experience of the person with fifty thousand dollars with a mortgage, right? Um, or auto loan, right? You got fifty thousand dollars in credit cards. Most people don't have that. Most people may have an auto loan that they got approved for or a house that they got approved for for that much, but they don't have the – and and that in a way is liquid. If I got a $50,000 credit card, I'm liquid now, which means that I can go get more credit because I'm liquid. See, being liquid, it, it, that means a lot. Okay? Um, then there's something known as uh, deposit loan program. What the fuck's calling me? I'm on the radio. People, what the fuck is know I'm on the radio? All right. So, so then there's these deposit loan programs, right? And um, this is a technique, right? And 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 it's a really it's a really really good technique, right? Because um, you would think that it's a scam, right? But it allows the consumer or business to have twenty five thousand dollars, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a loan appear on the credit report. Um, as paid as agreed by way of creating of what they call uh, creative financing. Right? So this method um, is very effective, okay? and it's not within the budget of $750 to $7,500. Okay? But because this technique takes advantage of the banking laws, okay, um, they don't really make see. They don't really make stuff like this available to people, right? But this method can be used with um, consumer credit files, SSN, shit like that, right? So, um, deposit loan programs. Now, let me just let me, let me give y'all some information right quick, right? and I'll and I'll and I'll make this as I'll make this as as understandable as possible, right? Um, Deposit loan programs are really are really crucial, right? Like, so security deposits are necessary, right? Like, you have to put a security deposit down for shit like, um, you know, apartments and stuff like that, right? But when we talk about these deposit loan programs, right, you have to search for them. They're out there. Um, and a loan deposit, and this is where we go back to loan deposit ratios and shit like that. But I'm going to tell you right now how you can get into a Deposit loan program. All right. So, life insurance, whole life insurance. And, I, and I'm not selling life insurance and I'm not teaching life insurance. What I'm telling you is that you can get a policy for whole life insurance. You can leverage your policy, you can use payments from your policy. So let's say that you have a policy for $100,000. It's paid as agreed on time, right? You can get them to report that to the credit bureau 
you can take a loan off of the equity on a policy. Okay, this is real shit now. So when we talk about deposit loan programs, okay, what do you what do you think um, insurance, life insurance, is? Especially, and I'm not talking about regular life. I'm talking about whole life insurance, right? Okay, so so under under the the FDIC, the deposit insurance, right? Um, it's a benefit. Right of going to a, a bank that's insured. That's, that's essentially what insurance companies are. They're banks. They're taking your money, right, for a what they call a death benefit or a benefit later. We need to be able to make some money off that. Loan off your equity. Thank you, brother. Self banking. That's what this is. So, you know, what am I getting at right now? Well, I'm telling you. Tonight, and this is a remedy. I've been going through this remedy series the last couple of weeks, um, and I really hope that y'all got something out of this tonight because um, this is crucial shit. You want to build some wealth? Let's build some real wealth this year, right? Everybody, go, go get you a, a go get you a. If, and if you got problems, you can holler at me. I'll send you right to my agent. She'll she'll hook you up, right? But you need to get a policy. Put something significant in the policy. Start off with, build on it. Right, you can sit on the policy for fifteen years. Most of y'all in y'all twenties and thirties. Some of y'all in y'all forties and fifties. What's ten, fifteen years you, you you put into the policy? Right, and it has the benefit of a whole life insurance policy. Right, not only does it help credit. Okay, not only can you loan off the equity. Right, take a loan off your own money. So now you're doing infinite banking. Okay. Not only that, okay. Not only are you um, giving um, something back to to your relatives or whoever you leave something behind for when you do pass away, but you're receiving the life benefit of it, which means that you have equity now. You can take that and put that in a real estate. Take that to put put that into another business. Ooh, it's getting good, ain't it? This is good shit, man. It really truly is. We're going to open up the call lines. Um, I hope you got some questions and some comments. I want to say peace to everybody that's in the chat, man. People that called in tonight, thank y'all. The new caller number is 516-531-9318. Get, get rid of the old number. The 347 number is done. The new number is 516-531-9318. All right. We're going to take some calls. Let's see what's happening out there. Let's go to 813-564. You're on the line. Peace, Joy. How you doing, brother, man? Peace, man. What's up, brother? Peace peace to the God. Peace to the God, man. I heard you last week, man. You're kind of... Mike was kind of messed up last week, man. That's because I bought a new mic. That's because I bought a new mic, and um, and I had never used it before, and and the, and they was fucking with the mic, man. I don't know what happened, bro. So until I figure that mic situation out, I'm just gonna rock the old way. Yes, sir. We got the message tonight, though. Definitely, you're talking about the infinite banking. That definitely. I, I was looking at some yeah. um life insurance, some whole life insurance, man, a couple weeks ago too, man. Right before you did yeah. the show, man. 
That's correct. See, the the six oh nine grants your rights, right? And it deals with it deals with um uh so anytime you send something to them and they come back and say, Oh, it was verified they have to, you know, they have to show you how they verified it. So the Fair Credit Reporting Act it grants six oh nine letter, right? It grants you your rights to request information. Or how they verify See, under, Yeah, so write it down. Fifteen USC sixteen eighty one GA. It says information on files, sources, uh, report recipients. It says that every consumer reporting agency shall upon the request of the consumer subject to section 16A1 1681H they have to clearly and accurately disclose to the consumer all information in the consumer's file at the time of the request but I, I may have to just do a whole series on this debt collection shit because there's so much money. Man, I think people get man, bro. There's a ton of money in this shit. I know, man. Joy, oh, you yeah. just help oh, me with my other case, man. You just help me with my other case, man. I, I messed up on my other case, man. When they uh, frontier pulled my credit, man. Mm-hmm. On 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 wham, but I ain't opened my case back up properly, so. Man. I know, but I know, and that's that's. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and a, they, here's the thing: you need to go back and redo that. Uh, can I still go do it? I mean, I actually that one time before, yeah, it's yeah. been a while. If they came back on the are air, they, are they still in your credit report? No, nah, they ain't on there no more. They came off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I filed okay. the case before, though, you know what I'm saying? But I just never get actually reopen it properly. Too. I'll be happy to help you, man. You can jump back in. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Oh, see, the only thing on my credit is student loan and child support. I got, like, I paid off I paid off a debt. I know I shouldn't have did that. Child shit. support, too. But child support. Okay, here's the thing about child support. What is child support? Child support is a debt. It's a debt. That's the one I got off for fraud. That's the one I, uh, they took all my credit for fraud. They put it back on there. They took it off one mm-hmm. time. I, I disputed it on Credit mm-hmm. Karma. Transuser took it off. They like, okay, fraud. Okay, okay. Transuser so, took it off. So here's the thing. You had it removed the first time for fraud, right? Yeah, and I did the same thing again. Why did fraud? They took it off twice. Then that means then that means that you should have done an FTC affidavit, right? Which which is fun. the funny thing is is they got rid of the affidavits online. Through their website, but you can still I got use it. You just gotta print it. I got okay, it. Okay, good. I mean, you told me about print I made plenty of copies. I got a, I got a PDF of it. I'm straight. Print that PDF down, notarize it, and send it out. To the child support or to the um, TransUnion? To TransUnion? Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because notarize it off twice. Yeah, I got the uh, email. I yeah. saved the emails, and I saved the. I got a screenshot of. It. I saved the emails and the screenshot of when they deleted it. Yeah, yeah, because that's what happens. They're going to delete it, and when they delete it, automatically, we we already know. So we already know what happened. They they delete it, and then after that, um, you know, it sometimes they can put it back on there. So it's up to you to get them to take it back off. Green's got yeah. said yeah. it's five thousand dollars max. In New York City for small claims, so you see what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so 
mean, and you're a Floyd, so you know it's difficult where we are. Yeah, it is. I, I know them. I know them laws, boy. You made me do some research for our front too, man. I was a lot of research yeah. I did, man. Trust me, man. You helped me out a lot. I still got it. You know what I'm saying? You helped me out a lot with that. Man. I just, I was that one yeah, time I fucked up. I appreciate that. I ain't know how to reopen the case back up properly. That's what fucked it up. I got you. I, I got you. Um, you know, you can hit me up, man. Um, set up a console with me or something if you can. You know, we we can go through it. I got you. Okay, man. I'll definitely, man. I'll definitely be talking to you soon, Jordan. Man, it's good to hear you back on the air, man. You know, I'll follow you. Thank close, you, bro. Man. Thank you, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I feel good. You know, I I, I got my health to it together, man. You know, I got my mind right. I'm, I'm I'm here. So, you know, I'm here to do this work. That's what I'm about to do. I'm going to do me a whole detox. I found me some little, a, a master little cleanse I made up for myself, man. I'm going to check it out. And, and like you say, I got to get all this shit out of my head, man. So I can paint clear, man. Yeah, 
Hey man, it's great talking to you too, brother. I, I'm glad to, uh, that, that you found the number to call in. Because uh, I, I didn't yeah. know the people were there. Okay, there we go. I'm glad you got the number to call in, though. I didn't know if you if, uh, people had got the number or not. Yeah, I check, you know, I check this website every Sunday. I, you know, I bang the website first every Sunday. You know, since you're coming on, then once I see you come on, I usually call in. Uh, you had a number on there last week, so I had to save it. Because I went yep. on the other day, there wasn't no number. So I had to save the number. I said, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yo, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm back, man. I'm on the radio. I'm on the air. Uh, uh, the, new, the new shows are uh, Thursday, Metaphysics Thursday. We go over Metaphysics. Uh, Friday, Open Forum Friday. And then the bottom line on Sunday, um, 7 o'clock every day. Well, damn, I'm going to catch you on Thursday, too, man. You're going to Metaphysics? Yeah, man. Yep, we're going over Metaphysics, man. I, you know, I actually like that show because we get to talk about things that we don't normally deal with on, on this show. So, yeah, that's good. You keep yourself separate. Definitely, you definitely need to get that spirit right. That's that spiritual, man. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yes, it is. That. <laughs> definitely, man. Yes, it is. Like I said, man, Joe, it's great talking to you, man. I should talk to you. Thursday, Likewise, man. Brother. If I talk to you before then, I, I need to get this credit done. I need a couple extra dollars. So. So I'll talk let's to you soon. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you. Well, you know, let's let's work. I I'll, I'll show you some new methods, man. Stuff to work with. Definitely, man. Definitely like new tools from a toolbox. Okay, God. All right, Joe. Be, be safe, man. All right, peace, Appreciate God. It. Peace, God. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um. All right. So so real quick, a recap, right? Cleaning your credit, right? Make sure that y'all are going through the steps we talked about tonight. Um, when it comes down to new credit, remember that you want to set up business credit as well as personal credit. Okay? Don't forget, uh, and I'll, I'll repeat it, do not forget about, um, you know, the different methods that we talked about tonight, right? Especially, you know, the, the whole life insurance, which is important. Okay, but then the other aspect, the debt to credit ratio. Okay, don't forget about the subprime cards. Don't forget about the authorized users. Okay, do not forget about these things. Right, really important for for your credit health. Right, for you to advance. Right, and don't forget about the deposit loan programs. Okay, um, you know. Life insurance, health insurance, homeowners insurance, right? These are different types of insurance, right? But it's really crucial that that we hone in on the fact that you're using equity to build yourself up. Oh, yeah, Solar Child says, send your letters to the CEO, CFO, or the DBA representative. Make them your respondent. Yes, definitely do that. All right? All right, with that being said, man, we ain't got no more questions. We're going to dive up out of here. We'll be right on time. Um, I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you very much for finding the new number, figuring out where I'm at, um, showing y'all support. Uh, next week, I'm going to be on Thursday, man, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. And those are the new days. The, new, the time is at 7 o'clock. The new number is 516-531-9318. 
Go to makemorecommerce.com if you need to holler at me. That's where I'm at. Um, other than that, man, I'm going to say peace, man. Make sure you take care of yourself and others around you. Peace to the God. Don't do me.